Hi everyone, my name is Kate Emerald, the founder of Life of Emerald. Life of Emerald is for your mind, body, and soul. A simple and practical lifestyle to promote both physical and mental well-being. Online studio scaling global impact by spreading world knowledge, spirituality, and cultures. Global Healing Movement 2020 is dedicating to mental health advocacy. Our guest today is Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Hi. How are you? Good. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be with you. Dr. Benjamin Hardy is an organizational psychologist, successful entrepreneur, and best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. His blog is read, read by millions of people monthly and featured on Forbes, Fortune, CNBC, Cheddar, Big Think, and many others, and adds priceless value to your audience by helping them to break free from the shackles of what they perceive as a permanent personality. He is a regular contributor to Inc., and psychology today and one of the most popular writers on medium he speaks and trains at a wide range of events he and his wife lauren adopted three children through the foster system in february 2018 and one month later lauren became pregnant with his twins who were born in december 2018 they live in orlando florida hi welcome awesome happy to be with you hey so let's jump straight into our first question, Dr. Benjamin. Could you please share with our audience how you contribute your talent and time to the world? Um, the main way is just to be a husband and father of five kids. I don't think that there's anything more important that I'm actually doing than just being, than raising like a healthy, happy family. Like, and we're doing our best. It's not like our life is perfect by any means. We have a lot of stressful days, but I think that that's the biggest thing I can do for myself, or not for myself, but for the world and for society is to like actually raise a healthy family. Uh, so that's that's a big one. Aside from that, I do, I write things hopefully that help people to make progress in their life and hopefully improve themselves. Yeah, the conscious parenting is a big thing now, uh, a new thing it sounds like. And five kids, how does how does your how is your day how does your day look like with five kids? I mean, my wife and I have a very different day cuz she's the one who's home with them for the bulk of the day. I come to my office at like 5 5 in the morning, 5 5 30 in the morning and um, do my writing, do things like this. And I go home about two to three o'clock in the afternoon. And then that's when I play with the kids, help with dinner. And, you know, we have like family evening time. We do like our own spiritual, you know, scripture study of sorts. We read books together. We watch movies together. And then our kids go to bed about eight o'clock. And then my wife and I relax for an hour or two and then go to bed. So I go, you know, for her, they do homeschool right now, obviously with COVID-19. But we, we have three kids that we adopted. So they're 12, 10 and eight. And then we have two 17 month old twin girls so you know they're just all home and uh you know my wife's very structured and focused you know she's got the older ones doing homeschool and they're pretty self self-managed so it's uh they she's amazing my wife's amazing i have to give it i have to give her the credit on that one all right dr benjamin um let us get to know you better could you tell us one or two personal story which has shaped your worldview today leading up to writing your newest book um, called Personality Isn't? 
Yeah, personality isn't permanent. Permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say two big events that happened in my life were serving a church mission actually for two years and I went through a lot of journaling and I let go of a lot of the challenges of my past. I let go a lot of the baggage from my childhood and I learned how to help other people. I learned how to serve. I learned how to read books. I learned how to create a purpose for my life. I learned how to build confidence. I learned how to love reading and learning. So like that experience was crucial. That's the thing that led me on to psychology. I think a more recent experience, because that was about 10 years ago, a more recent experience was, you know, becoming the foster parent of three kids um, and ultimately adopting them after three years of fighting in court and just building a family. So those are those are experiences that have definitely shaped me, that have changed my life, that have changed my views. And of course, I've read many books, had many other experiences. But those are those are very big ones for me personally. And could you take us on a journey of, you know, what was it like to foster these three children and then, you know, bring them to really becoming your family, you and your wife family? And then how how does that connect to your book today, Personality Isn't Permanent? Mm -hmm. Well, when my wife and I, so it was her desire to become a foster parent. She had grown up with foster kids in her home. And so that was something that she really wanted to do. And I was supportive. And so we became foster parents of the kids. And for the first, you know, year, I would say, it was a huge transition for me. I had a difficult time adjusting to it. There's a quote actually from the from the historian Will Durant. And he said, the ability of the average person could be doubled if the situation demanded it. And obviously when you go from zero to three kids and three kids with challenges that have been taken away from their biological parents, it's a challenging situation. Uh, And so we had to learn how to, we had to change, honestly. I had to change a lot in order to be successful in this new situation. I had to learn how to be more empathetic, more patient. I had to shift my goals and my priorities and my focus so that I could be a better supporter of my wife and my kids. And so I had to go through an enormous amount of change in order to become the kind of person who could effectively do this. But that's the exact changes I wanted to make in my life. Like I, I wanted to make, I wanted to become more empathetic, more patient, more understanding. I want, you know, my family is a huge value of mine. So like, um, I wanted to become this person, even though it was difficult. And so what we did was we created a situation that allowed us to make those changes, which was obviously to become these kids' parents. So, there's obviously a lot there, but one of the core concepts of personality isn't permanent is that you, the person you are today is not the same person you were three, five, or ten years ago. Like, I'll use you as an, as an example. Do you think you're the exact same person you were ten years ago? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, and you've gone through lots of experiences, and so it's, it's important to realize you're not the same person you were in the past. Your former self is a different version of you. Uh, there's many different former versions of you, but like you're not the same person you were in the past and also in the future. You're not going to be the same person as you are today. Your future self is going to have different perspectives because you're going to have different experiences. You're going to learn different things. You're, and I'm speaking to myself as well. Like I hope my future self has much better perspectives, better priorities, more maturity, more, you know, more confidence, more focus. And so the idea is, is your future self is, is 
going to be different as well. And there's actually a lot of research that talks about how it's important to, to first off think about who your future self is going to be or who you want your future self to be. It's a decision that you actually get to make. I would recommend journaling about that and actually thinking about it regularly. Who do you want to be? But then from a decision-making standpoint, it's better to make decisions your future self would want you to make versus what you may want today. Because today, you may, who knows what you want? You know, like, you may want to just sit on the couch and eat pizza all day. Or like, you know, whatever you would eat in Korea. <laughs> whatever junk food equivalent. But um, the reason why this is so important is because if your future self is different and if your former self is different, then that means that you're not permanent. And as a result, you should not overly define your current self, but instead you should think about who you want to be in the future. Hmm, interesting. So anchoring what I would like to become in the future and making a decision based on that future self is going to create the, the self today, tomorrow, and moving on. And wow, that's a lot of information out of you <laughs> about the foster children and taking care of them and then the, the evolutionary journey, the fast track evolutionary journey that these the, these kids and your wife got you sort of um, fast forward. And looking back, um, your past self, do you, are you happy that you made this choice? Like, would you have done it again over again? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm very glad that we are parents of now five kids. These are choices that I wanted to make, even though they were difficult choices to make. And I think that's actually one of the false views of personality these days, is that you should figure out who you are and then do what's natural or easy. There's nothing worthwhile that's natural or easy. Even writing this book was not easy. It took a year and a half and it was very difficult, but I'm really glad I did it. And I think when you're choosing a future self, you're choosing to step out of your current comfort zone. Your comfort zone is basically your personality. It's what you feel comfortable doing. It's what you do on, you know, on autopilot. To step outside your comfort zone is to step outside your current personality, to step outside your current way of doing things. But it's choosing on purpose, the purpose, like the life that you want to have in the future. And so my wife and I, when we got married, we definitely wanted to have kids. Uh, we definitely wanted to have a family. And so like if you were to have a conversation with me five or probably like more like seven or eight years ago when I was first getting married to my wife, like I wouldn't know exactly where we were. I wouldn't know we'd be living in Florida with five kids um, that we and we adopted three of them. But I would probably tell you, yeah, we want to have several kids and I want to be writing books like because I was thinking about my future self back then. And so I'm now thinking about my future self even today. And the, the future should be the thing determining your present. And, and, and so you can actually enjoy the present because your present has meaning and focus. There's, there's actually a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Have you ever heard of that one? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you read that by Viktor Frankl? Mm, I've read, I've, I've listened to the YouTube clip. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. You know, and you know he survived the Holocaust which is the German concentration camps of World War II. But one of the things that he talks about is, is that for the people who are living during the concentration camps of World War II, because he was a Jew at that time, um, obviously he's not alive now, but he said that the people who survived were the ones that had a perspective or a meaning for their future. And so, you know, if you don't have that, then the present loses meaning. So a lot of people say you have to just live presently in the moment, but that's actually really, impossible to do unless you have a future that allows you to know how to live in the present. Uh, 
And so the, the goal or the, or the future influences the process or how you choose to live your life. And so well, it's... Yeah, right. yeah, thank you for that. And so speak to us, our audience, about the limitlessness of the future that we can pos- possibly create and operate from that. Um, we often get conditioned by we are limited. So society bring, you know, show us that there are things that are limited for being a human and we unconsciously or subconsciously put a cap on what I could achieve poss- possibly. But there's a lot another authors, you know, other authors talk about we are completely limitless and potential is in the sky is the limit. And so how where is your philosophy? Where does your philosophy land in that in those two different um, perspectives out there in the world? Yeah. I I definitely think that all of us are 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 stopped by our own views of ourselves but there are limits obviously I can't choose to make myself fly right now um but but those limits become less and less there there none of us have just a single potential our potential is flexible And so like when you're in a new situation, like just as an example, my three foster kids, they had a limited potential in their, like in their home before they got taken away from the foster system. Like they were living out in the middle of nowhere with their biological parents, their parents were on drugs and they weren't even being taken to school. So in that situation, their potential was quite limited. <laughs> like you put them in our situation and their their potential expands a lot. Now they're being taken to school, they're getting healthy food, they've got parents who love them, they're going to therapy, they they're in sports. So like your potential as a person is is it's elastic, it's flexible. It's part of it's your situation and your environment and a part of it is your your exposure. Like you can't actually choose goals that you're not aware of. Um so for example, there's a lot of things that our kids became aware of when they moved into our house and we traveled the world and they saw new things. and that that opened up their potential because they now were aware of more things. And so our 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 potential is in many ways limited by what we by our knowledge and our awareness. You know, you can't make choices that you're not aware of. And so a big part of becoming of expanding your potential is is learning more and exposing yourself to more, having new experiences, um constantly learning. Having what I call subconscious enhancing experiences where you And it's not just about becoming aware of things, but it's also experiencing things, watching yourself do something. So as an example, like I may be terrified to get on this podcast, but when I get on it and if I watch myself do it, then all of a sudden I might have more confidence or belief that I can do more in the future. Maybe I'll believe that I can get on a stage one day, you know, even though I've already done that. But like, so, so confidence is a big part of becoming more limitless. Um, And I, I do think that there's a point when you can get to a place where you you are free to choose in many respects what you do with yourself. You can choose goals and you can go and pursue them. And I think that that's that's. So I'm not sure if I would say we're purely limitless, uh, although I would say that our limits are 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 mostly imposed upon ourselves, and we can expand those so that we can have less and less limits. Uh, and I do believe that. You know, and I'm a I'm a believer in God, and so I believe with God, you know, those limits disappear even further. Wow, well put. Thank you for that. Um, 
Let's jump into our third question, Dr. Benjamin. What is your understanding of the current state of planet Earth or the collective consciousness? And I want, I'm curious about how you um, think about the current state of the consciousness and how that plugs into what you want to um, share with your book into the world. Yeah, it's an interesting time. I think that there's a lot of a lot of kind of extremes. I think that there's some people who are going really extreme into spirituality and opening themselves up and, you know, learning more and seeking more. And, and then there's a lot of people who are going into darker and darker places, you know, whether that be addiction or isolation or confusion or depression. So I, I, we're in a really interesting time. You know, I think connection is really interesting because we can quickly get information but I think emotional connection where people are opening up and they're becoming more flexible and confident and actually, you know, resilient or adaptable, being able to handle situations. I'm not sure where people are at with that. Um, I think that that's something that we all need though is to become more, you know, emotionally mature and emotionally flexible. And I think that as people, we may be more intellectual, but we may not be as open and vulnerable uh, and, and able to handle ourselves so that we can actually take on challenges and, and make progress in our life. It's interesting because like from a millennial perspective, like at least in the United States, millennials are buying houses eight years later than the former generation. And I'm not saying that that's actually like a metric of success, but it's interesting that people are, are making progress towards typical goals slower than normal. And they're kind of coming around to their own identity a lot slower than typical. That, again, not a not necessarily a problem, just an interesting observation. But yeah, so from anyways, from my take, I think that there are a lot of people out there who are providing a lot of good information, who are helping people to open themselves up and make better decisions and see themselves in a different way and realize that they can make decisions and make progress and achieve things. There's obviously a lot of bad information as well. And, you know, I'm doing my best with what I can do to provide useful and positive information so that I can do my part in helping, whether it be one person or many people, to open up in their consciousness. I think consciousness is a, is a big aspect of what I call personality. You know, like when you, when you become more conscious, your personality stops being so stuck and you can have a lot more potential, as you described. So I, I definitely want to help in that mission. And I think that a lot of people are making huge progress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. This is a time of polarity. And I imagine America, where you are right now, uh, there is a lot of, you know, this side and that side and sort of confusion um, in, in the collective um, field. Um, I imagine, but it's an opportunity when there's a threat, there's an opportunity to, um, um, you know, thrive and there's, there's a blessing in disguise here in, in terms of potential. Definitely. And, yeah. And personality, I want to ask you, do you, when you say personality and you, you kind of um, hinted at, you know, personality, the consciousness, is personality in your, in your perspective, including the Carl Jung shadow work. Like, how, how does Carl Jung shadow work uh, incorporate into the word personality in the collective, the consciousness? 
you may have to more fully explain it. I spent a lot of time studying Carl Jung when I was like an undergrad. Uh, I think he's very interesting. I, I, I wouldn't say I'm like an expert on his work right now. So maybe you give me a little bit of explanation. Sure. So Carl Jung um, is known for shadow work and shadow work is something that's underneath our conscious ego, conscious identity. Perhaps someone would call that personality. I would call that a personality. Um, the personality that I am aware of myself. But then what's underneath is called shadow, the anima, anima and animus. And that's something um, with conscious effort, with therapy and psychological work, uh, we can get to the core of shadow. And so one of the examples I give is, you know, when politicians we don't like, we sort of scapegoat them and trash can them um, because they're, readily available you know to show us the personality that we sort of hide away now so that's that's what i call shadow and so for i mean me, a shadow how is it different from this unconscious oh they're the same okay so it's just another word for the unconscious mm, sure yeah, that's obviously a big part of personality. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a that's a big part of personality, and I believe it can absolutely be changed and adjusted. Um, I don't think it's as difficult to change as people make it seem. Uh, I think a lot it has a lot to do with being open and honest about how you feel. It has a lot uh, uh, has a lot to do with being in new experiences and being exposed to new things. It has a lot to do with actions, doing new things that you don't typically do. Um, your unconscious is, in a lot of ways, your comfort zone. Again, it's what you feel comfortable doing. It'll pull you back. Um, and so when you do things outside of your comfort zone, when you try new things, when you move towards goals, you kind of can shatter that a little bit or you can open it up. Yes, you maybe have a desire to revert back. And I think that that's why you would, you know, be open and honest about the changes you're seeking, that you would make daily progress, that you would make bold behaviors, that you'd put yourself in new situations. I mean, I, I think that there are very practical, easy ways, not easy, it's never easy because it always requires courage and novelty and, and, and it creates emotions, but when, the more flexible as a person you become and the more emotionally developed, the easier it is to adjust what you would either call your shadow or your unconscious. Mm -hmm. So this is a form of flexible and leniency and self-compassion in all aspects of yourself. You call that a, a personality. I don't call that the personality. I say that that's, that that's something that influences your personality. That's something that dictates or guides it, shapes it. It's just a part of it. Okay, okay, okay. So Dr. Benjamin, could you share uh, with us one simple practical thing that our audience can implement in their lives right now to improve their life quality? Absolutely. Decide who your future self is. Sit and write down the person you want to be. There's one regret that, you know, the number one deathbed regret that people have is that they didn't have the courage to be the person they wanted to be. Instead, they lived up to the expectations of those around them. So the first step is choosing your future identity. Who's that person that you want to be? And actually detailing that. This is not something you discover, it's a choice you make, it's a decision. Who is the person you want to be? Maybe in, let's just say three years from now, what are their circumstances, two to three years? Like, what are their circumstances? What are they like? It's really important to view your future self as a different person. 
they're not you. What do they like? What is their goals? Um, what is their priorities? What is their focus? What do they care about? What do they know that you don't know? Um, actually defining who your future self is, is step one. Step two is starting to tell people about the person you want to be. Uh, you know, at some point or another, I had to start telling people I wanted to be a professional writer, <laughs> you know? Um, and there's a future self I have beyond writing, you know, in a few years from now where I'm, I'm wanting to make a pretty big shift and I've been starting to tell people, you know, I'm moving in this new direction. And so you have to start telling people about your goals, which can take courage. And a lot of people don't want to do it because they think that they're going to get negative feedback. And maybe sometimes they will, but you've got to respectfully disagree to some degree, you know, like, but you, when you start telling people about your goals and start telling people about the person you want to be, you start to believe it a little bit more. It starts to become a part of your current identity. Then you want to start investing money into your goals, whatever that looks like. It could be into coaching or it could be into education. It could be into relationships or environments or situations, but you want to start investing money into your future identity and into your goals. I mean, if it's, if you're trying to lose weight, as an example, if you're someone who's very heavy and your future self is someone who's fit, you probably should start investing in like education and maybe even, you know, like training or support, you know, like maybe therapy, but like when you start investing money into your future identity, then not only do you believe it more, but you're more committed. That's actually what I would call a subconscious enhancing behavior. When you invest money into a goal, you believe it more. You start to shift that unconscious um, and it starts to reset the normal. Um, then obviously you want to remove all of the influences that are keeping you stuck in your former or current self. You know, if there's, if you're someone who's trying to lose weight, you probably gotta get rid of all the junk food from your environment so that you don't have to deal with it anymore. You've got to start creating influences around you that support your future self. Uh, these are just things you need to do in order to increase your commitment towards the thing you're trying to do, but it will make your life more meaningful. Uh, it makes your life, you know, as you're moving towards a goal and watching yourself progress, you build confidence. Uh, you're also becoming, you're also being more authentic because you're being the person you're striving to be versus just being who you're expected to be. Yeah, thank you for sharing this. And for those of us audience, you know, I know some of us, some of our audience may not know who they are today, even not even know who they are today. You know, and some of us might, some of us might um, be going through depression and anxiety and something, you know, panic attack. And that's that's normal. It's okay, but from from where they are, you know, imagine how can is is envisioning their future self from where they are. Does it work? Yeah, because I would say that your this may sound weird. Your current self really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> like even my current self doesn't matter that much. Like who I am today matters way less than who I want to be in the future. Why is that? And so like because who I am today is pretty temporary like I'm not I'm it's just it's like who I was five years ago is just it's I, I'm not that same person anymore the person I want to be is far more important than the person I am today doesn't that doesn't that bring you out of presence you know in Buddhist philosophy presence is all there is and there's some contrary to that yeah no no I would say that it's it's very difficult to be present without a future how could you you know what I mean? Without having a, a context of the future, the person I want to be, it's actually very difficult to truly be present. The future and the present are not two separate things. They completely interface with each other. I agree. Um, and so without a future, it's difficult to actually know what to do in the present. I'll give you an example. Like when I came home from work 
not too long ago. And sorry, I've got like this light on my face <laughs> from my window. Um, but when I was, I came home from work a couple days ago. I was pretty tired. Long day of work, came home, got five kids. One of them, my, my son Logan, really wants to play with me. He wants to go swimming. We've got a pool in our backyard. He's like, Dad, let's go swimming. Let's go swimming. I'm like, I just want a break. You know, I'm just, and, and so I'm like, Logan, I'll watch you. <laughs> I'll just sit and watch you while I sit on my phone and veg out. And he jumped in the pool and he was like begging me, Dad, come on, let's swim. And I'm like, I'm too tired. And then I thought to myself, how would my future self want to remember this experience? What would my future, if I was in the future and I was re-watching this episode, what would I want to see? And of course, I would want to see myself actively engaging with my kid. I would want to be fully present. And so with the context of my future, it became really easy and it gave meaning to the present. And I was able to make the right decision, which in this case was to really be engaged with my kid. Um, obviously, you can just be fully immersed in the moment all the time. I actually disagree with the idea that the present is all that exists. Um, I, I think that that's not a true statement. I think that there is a past that influences the present and there's a future that influences the present. Um, but, um, but, I, but in this case, the future can allow you to make better decisions and be present. Um, because if you don't have a future in mind, then it doesn't really matter what you do in the present. Like, I, I would argue that the reason you're, you're doing this podcast is because, yeah, you enjoy being here in the moment, but there's also the reason you started at some point was because you saw yourself doing podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so that, that, that future state of you influenced your present. Uh, and so I think that the future can actually allow you to live more presently and be more conscious. It's actually difficult to be conscious if you don't have an intention. An intention is usually based on what you're seeking to create, which is future focused. Um, so the future allows you to be conscious and present. If you don't have a consciousness or an intention, you're actually probably living in the shadow. You're probably being unconscious and just being who you were yesterday and you're just being whatever your environment is triggering you to be. That's why to be conscious, you actually have to have a purpose or an intention. So Dr. Benjamin, let me challenge you a little bit. Do it, some, I wanna hear it. Yeah, some say the future, the, the future creates the present and the past. And if time is nonlinear and future, present, and past is all all nonlinear and all happening at the same time, and if there's a, th a thing called past life, and past life, I may be a queen in England, I may be a pauper in you know America or something, and all these lives that I am simultaneously living out of my awareness in this Asian body right now, how do you explain the, the future, as you explained, the future di dictates who you are, who you are now, how, what you're doing now, and how, and how does that, what, it, in your opinion, what, how does this affect the past? So, let's just say I'm hungry, right? Like I, you could say I'm hungry in the present, but let's just say right now I'm thinking about dinner with my family, even though dinner is in for me, seven hours, <laughs> you know? Thinking about dinner is gonna influence what I do and go buy at the grocery store, mm -hmm. right? So in that case, my dinner plans are gonna determine what I go and buy. If I wanna make pizza tonight, I'm gonna buy pizza toppings. If I wanna make hamburgers, I'm gonna buy hamburger stuff. And so in that way, the future is influencing my present. Um, 
like from a psychological perspective, every behavior is actually goal oriented. So going to the gap, you know, having this conversation, I'm, I'm totally present with you, but we both scheduled this <laughs> in the past, right? And so we were looking forward to having this conversation now in the present, but the reason we got here is because at some point we had the goal to do it. At some point we scheduled this in the future and that led us now to this moment. Sure, so I see that the past, present, future are playing out together. And if we were to, okay, so, so can we, can we revert it, right? So now and the future, the future selves we're trying to achieve, accomplish, achieve, how, how would that change the past? It changes the past a lot because the past is a meaning. The past is an interpretation. The past is a story. So how you view and explain your past, my guess is it's different from how, my hope is that it's different from how you view and explain the past from five or 10 years ago. Um, it might be, it might not be. But like how I describe my past is very different from how I used to. Like, let's just, so your past is a memory. Your past is a meaning. And it's, and, and that meaning is, so there's a really good quote from a psychologist named Brent Slice. A lot of people think that the past is dictating the present. But actually, it's more accurate to say that the present is dictating the past, because your view of the present shapes how you view the past. Um, we see the world through our own lens, and so, like, just as an example, like, I used to feel like my father was a villain because he was a drug addict and things like that. My view of the past is very different now. Um, I view my father as a hero <laughs> because I have more context. Context shapes content. And when you actually have the context, it changes the meaning of the content. And as an adult, uh, I have different context. I've got a knowledge of psychology. I've adopted kids. I've also had amazing conversations with my dad to understand what led him to being a drug addict. I also have forgiven my former self. I've, I've let go of a lot of things. And so now when I look at the past, I see a very different past. And I have very different emotions towards that past. And I have a different story towards it. And I've got more context than I did maybe five, 10 or 15 years ago. In the future version of me, as I'm, especially as I'm moving forward, if I'm moving forward, gaining more knowledge, more experience, more education, and having more important conversations and hopefully opening up more as a person, the future version of me is gonna have a very different view of my past. I'm gonna have very different memories of even my, of even the experiences I have now. And so I, I definitely, as you move forward in your life, your past changes, it changes a lot. And hopefully, I would say that the more evolved you become as a person, the more you view your past as something that happened for you, not something that happened to you. You stop viewing it as something that happened to you and you're the victim. Instead, you view everything as that it all happened for you. It's all a gift, it's all benefits. Everything in your past is amazing. Even if it was the worst traumatic experiences of your life, if, you, if you're moving forward as a person, you will eventually come to the conclusion that it was a huge gift, it was a huge blessing, and that it was something that happened for you. And that's how I view my past. Anything that's been terrible, the worst traumatic experience in my life, it's all amazing. It's all amazing information that I can continue to learn from constantly and see from millions of different angles. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Okay, thank you for that. Um, a, lot, a lot to think about here, and I, I, can, I can clearly see how my present and future self can change and alter the situation of the past based on new context and new new context creates content 
new context yeah. creates new meaning around the content. Sure, uh, that. And the more healing I do around the trauma, the less meaning it has of the past. Or the different meaning it has. Different meaning, okay. Choosing a different meaning. And life happens for you. The, the pronoia, the universe wants to help you out, not the paranoia. Life did not happen to you. So it's you're moving from victim to a hero. And yeah. even the villains in your past go from villains to heroes. Hmm, interesting. You get to choose how you interpret the characters of your past as well. But I'm talking about like, for me, for example, like my father, as an example. I can choose to vilify him or I can choose to find evidence that he's a hero. And with more and more context, I have more and more evidence that he is a hero and that he, you know. <laughs> and so that helps me as someone who is moving forward in my life to look at my past with a positive lens and to, to really be grateful for what happened. Also, recognizing had I not gone through what I'd gone through, I wouldn't have chosen to marry my wife. I chose to marry her and I was very attracted to her because of the challenges that she had gone through. And I knew that because of what we'd both gone through, we could accomplish a lot of things together because we'd both gone through a lot, which led us to doing things like becoming foster parents and free kids, doing things that require a lot of challenges because I knew that I had gone through a lot already and I could handle a lot. And so of course the past happened for me, <laughs> even though it was hell going through it, it's something that enables a huge future. It enables flexibility, it enables um, movement and so yeah, you, but it's a choice I don't have to view it that way I could actually still be viewing it as I can't believe my dad did all this to me you know and if I did if I chose that then my future would be incredibly limited because I would still be being defined by the past so what was the defining moment that you chose consciously that you would change your narrative completely 180 degrees I don't think there's one defining moment. I think it's a daily process. Um, I do think that there are big moments. You know, for example, when I was like 19 years old, I decided I'd start going running. And I started running and building confidence and, and thinking about my past and my future and ultimately deciding I need to make the step to move forward. So I ended up serving a church mission. So that was a big choice. And it opened me up and it put me in a new environment, a new context, a new role. And I was able to be around new people and serve a lot of people and write a lot in my journal and get a lot of help and support. Um, but I, I, I choose every day to continually learn more so that hopefully I can make better meanings. You know, it's not like this all just was one choice. Um, the version of me right now that's talking to you, there's gonna be a different version of me if we were to have a conversation in six months. And hopefully in six months from now, I could make better meanings and have a better view of my past and also a clear view of myself right now and of my future. So that's why I think holding your current self so tightly is less important. Uh, even though right now I'm very present with you, very happy to be with you, I know that in the future I will be a different person. Just like in the past, I'm a different person. And so the problem with holding your current self so definitively is it stops you from growing. For example, if I were to speak in such definitive terms that I am an introvert, as one example, or I am, I'm X, I am depressed. Um, that would maybe stop me from creating a future version of myself that doesn't have those things. 
Instead, I would prefer to just not overly define my current self, um, but focus on who I want to become so that I can live consciously, intentionally, and courageously. That's actually, in my opinion, how you live presently, in the present. I think it's impossible to live in the present without a purpose. Um, that's my opinion. You know, you could challenge and push back on that. That's okay. <laughs> not, not, not now, but maybe later. Uh, maybe down, down the years. Maybe five years later. <laughs> I would love for you to push me on that. I, I'm, I, I, this is another point. The current version of Benjamin Hardy mm -hmm. will be strongly corrected by the future version of Benjamin Hardy. <laughs> in other words, in other words, this is not a perfect book. The future version of me is probably going to disagree with several aspects of this book. Mm. And know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. And so other, in other words, I don't need to think that I have all the answers. I don't need to think that I, and I'm, and also I don't know all the answers about myself. And so I'm not going to speak in such definitive terms. Um, so, so you're the person who, I mean, you, you are, I mean, everyone is, we have the right and we have the sovereignty to create ourselves and not, not, not tied to one definition of present but really continually co-creating with the universe. And I like the Absolutely. fluidity. I like the fluidity, even, even as you're you know, saying about your book, you're not really grabbing onto, this is the definite answer even now, but you, this is a product of your wisdom and knowledge that you, know, you, you put your energy and attention in, but you're holding it loosely and welcoming the new perspective to challenge you maybe down the road um, five years later. Or six I years seek later. it. I seek it. That's why you should hold your current self loosely is because if you hold it tightly, then you're going to stunt your future potential for growth. Um, and so obviously you need to not have so much ego. Um, you need to be humble and be a student. But yeah, I already know just as an example that I'm in the future version of me is going to disagree with or you know, there's actually a really good quote from a guy named Elaine de Button, you know, and this statement's a little rough, but he's, he's a British philosopher. And he says, if you're not embarrassed by who you were 12 months ago, you didn't learn enough. <laughs> now, obviously you don't need to be embarrassed, but I will say when I go back and read old blog posts of mine from like three or four years ago, some of them I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but now just listen, as a thought. I'm not actually embarrassed because I have empathy towards my former self. I understand the context and I'm not actually, I, I, I'm really glad I wrote it because if I hadn't written it, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. But I can also say the version of me today wouldn't say the same things because I'm not the same exact person. And hopefully I've evolved a little bit from where I was there. And I already know because I'm still seeking growth, I'm not finished. There's actually a really good quote from the Harvard, um, Harvard psychologist named Daniel Gilbert. And I would actually point you to his TED talk. It's called The Psychology of Your Future Self. It's six minutes long. But he says that human beings are works in progress that mistakenly think they're finished. <laughs> human beings are works in progress. That, and so I already know I'm not finished. And I already know based on my own experience of looking at my former work and disagreeing with it, that in the future, I will disagree with some of this. <laughs> and I'm completely fine with that. Okay, this is really interesting. Your perspective is interesting because I know some of the academics, academia, um, one of the challenges, they produce a book, produce a research, and they hold on to it tightly. When somebody challenges them, it's, uh, there's a resistance, but this is really refreshing. Thank you for that. I, um, I feel like you're on a super, super, super highway speed. Like you're, 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 you're driving really super fast in this lifetime, and I am getting a sense that 
this is your free will and this is your you're allowing yourself to grow and evolve and not holding on to even this present moment even not even your book and you're just excited about what you are co-creating with the universe and you're just open to you're an open book to who you are becoming uh, with your family of five kids in your life and so this is really refreshing um, perspective coming from you who is accomplished in the world and you know there's no limit to that and also the way i see it you are able to accomplish and accomplish and like not not worry about what you've accomplished and what you didn't because you're not holding on to it like you're 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 the car driving the super fast highway and you don't it doesn't really matter what billboard you passed yesterday or six months ago and so a lot of adventure for you and your family and i hope your kids are really um growing super fast as well with a lot of blessing uh, contrary to where they started the three kids and so wow what a blessing when you're giving us i think i think you're i mean i obviously i i i feel a lot of you know whether you call it spirit energy whatever you want to call it i think you are very you know i'm whatever whatever you want to say about yourself i i really enjoy being with you and i think that you know i could say all of those things about you one of the things that i really strongly try to present in this book is the idea of not over attaching to your former identity or even to your you know like and that could be success you know like i could you know i was the number one writer on medium.com for several years and it's easy to attach to a status it's easy to attach to your former self and then stay stuck in that status and um i think it's better to to let go of that um whether it was success or failure whether it was trauma or just big success the the your former identity shouldn't be the thing defining you um and so i'm big on letting go of that and 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 so to me it doesn't matter what i've achieved or not achieved i'm not defined by it um you know and i'm not defined by my past and and i think that it's easy for people to get stuck in the past and i think that that's why future self matters so much is cuz it it allows you to to choose who you believe you should be right now you know and for me that might not be my career for me that might be really focusing on my kids and that allows me to focus on what i believe is most important now and not be so defined or stuck in who i've been oh uh, thank you for the wealth of knowledge and wisdom here um before you go dr benjamin could you share the best way our audience can contact you or follow you um get re- reach out to you absolutely and i just want to thank you for a beautiful this was this was enjoyable for me i hope it was okay for you i i definitely enjoyed it i didn't know what to fully expect but my uh my website is benjaminhardy.com lots of blog posts there uh you can learn more about personality isn't permanent there and yeah there's a lot of free resources lots of free online courses um for people especially for people who buy the book i give away all sorts of crazy stuff but yeah benjaminhardy.com is where you can learn I would absolutely include that link on our website and here's where we say see you later and I hope to um I hope to be surprised by your future self in the future. I I hope to I hope so too. I have I so I say the same thing about you. You are a beautiful person and uh, I hope 
I hope to be surprised. Being surprised is a beautiful thing. And I hope to be surprised by you as well. And I can't wait to meet you again. Thank you, Dr. Benjamin. All right, um, audience, uh, if, you, if you enjoyed the show, um, I can be reached at www.lifeofemerald.com. And here's where we say, see you later. Bye.